I can't leave the hymn we just sang without saying something. I just I just can't. People ask what the purpose of the Holy Spirit is. I've never seen a more clear definition of Holy Spirit than this chorus that we sang through twice. Look at that center uh, portion, that second bar. Well, you probably closed your hymnals already. But it says, Spirit of the living God, that's the Holy Spirit, fall fresh on me. What does that mean? Break me. Melt me. Mold me. Fill me. Do you realize that without breaking, melting, and molding you, it's impossible for the Holy Spirit to fill you? There it is. You want a definition of the purpose for the Holy Spirit? There it is, right there, in this wonderful little uh, chorus, as it's called. Uh, it deserves full flesh hymnist status, I think. Forget the chorus business. It's in our it's in our Baptist hymnal. It has to be good, right? There it is. <coughs> Break me, mold me, melt me, fill me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. And we could say that every single morning. And I think in your morning prayers, as you wake up in the morning, and I know this is true of all of us, when you first wake up in the morning, your first thought is to thank God for another day in which you're going to be here uh, and ask that the Holy Spirit will touch you in a way that will do uh, honor to him. Isn't that what we're here for? Isn't that why we're here? Let's pray now uh, as we continue our uh, series, and we'll talk about the series in a moment. But let's pray. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you today and every day. And as we just sang, we just ask that your Holy Spirit <clears throat> do what he came to do. And we're open to that. We're open for that molding and for that filling in order that we might fulfill that purpose that you have instilled in all of us as followers of you and your son. Guide and lead us now as we uh, go forward today and every day in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. We're doing a series we call Good News. In the last couple of weeks, we did, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we talked about the good news of God. We talked about the good news of forgiveness. Today's message, wait for this, wait for this, the good news of Judgment Day. The good news of Judgment Day. That's almost like, how do you find in Lamentations where it says the blessings of the Lord are there? But same idea. Good news concerning Judgment Day. Romans chapter 5, which is the guiding verse for today, uh, <coughs> and verse 1 reads this way. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into his grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of glory of God. Now, this idea of hope, sometimes we grab on that definition of hope. 
hope is something, well, you know, I hope that we have a good day today, and I don't know if that's going to be true, because I've got this, this, and this to do, and gee, I hope... I hope the policeman didn't see me doing 71 miles an hour on the freeway. And you know, are they being that nitpicky today? Uh, are they really picking on uh, white, uh, what do I have? A town car. A town car. I have a white town car with a black top. One of the things we love about my car is when we park it in the parking lot, we can always find it. There's a sea of white cars, but there's probably only two that have that black top like mine. And so we can always find our car, even if we can't remember what row we parked in. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's what we're talking about. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I know that I have the glory of God. I know that God has forgiven me. And we'll talk more about that as we go into the message today. But today we're going to be talking about Judgment Day. So we're going to be talking about some things that probably aren't going to sound so very nice and and wholesome. And and uh, there was another word I wanted, but I can't think of what it is. Daniel chapter 9. Let me read that to you. Daniel chapter 9, beginning in verse 7. After this, Daniel says, I saw a light, a night vision, and beheld a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth that devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. I'd like you to visualize what I just read. Think about that. Close your eyes if you need to and pretend you're, look, you're listening to the soundtrack of a movie and you don't want to see that dinosaur running around, you know, Jurassic Park or whatever the name of that film was. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of man, and a mouth speaking great things. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. And we're talking about final day, aren't we? You go to Revelation now and we could correlate that and it's been correlated over and over again and we could do it again. And But we're not going to do that today. I want us to just think about the fact that there is a day. There's going to be a day that's going to be judgment day. It's If you want to think of it in an earthly way, uh, we've been called to court for something that we've done or haven't done, uh, be we guilty or innocent. But on ju- that's a judgment day, isn't it? We're going to go before the judge and maybe even a jury, and we're going to determine whether or not are we're guilty or innocent of whatever it is we're being charged with. And that's a apprehend that's an apprehensive day, even if we know we're clear as as the driven snow. As there are certain political people that are talking about that today, that I am completely innocent of everything that you're saying about me, <clears throat> and that very well might be true. 
But look at all the turmoil that's going on all around you. It's got to create an anxiety. Have you ever been in that kind of an anxious moment? I'm sure that we all have. In one way or another, if only by transfer to someone in our... What are you laughing at? This isn't a joke. This is exactly right. Thank you so much. Uh, I know somebody's paying attention closely and can identify with what I'm saying. We can all identify. There's, there's no problem with that. So both Old and New Testaments tell us that there will come a time when each person will stand before God to give an account uh, for how they've lived their life. That's called Judgment Day. And we think sometimes in terms as Christians that we are going to completely escape Judgment Day. And to some degree, that's absolutely true. Because Judgment Day is going to be the day for those, and we're going to be talking about that and look at some scripture uh, that really clearly explain that. And I'm going to answer a question today for you that from scripture that uh, we've asked over and over again, or I've heard asked over and over again, and never really heard a good answer for. And you'll wonder what that question is, and I'll get to it. But I have an answer, and it's a scriptural answer. Why didn't we see it there before? How many times have I read through scripture? And I've read through the Bible cover to cover over a hundred times in the years that I've been a Christian. Now, it's not scratching my back. I learned to do uh, read-through uh, early in my Christian life, and so I picked up, the, quote, the habit, and the habit is a good one, and I've done it cover to cover over a hundred times. And I'm working on, I don't know what number, I quit counting now because that's kind of silly. But, <clears throat> and I've never seen this verse and understand understood this verse for what it really uh, tells us. And we're going to see that as we go through. So hold on, you got to pay attention closely. Okay, there are two groups. <clears throat> there can be no good news concerning the judgment. And one of those groups, and we're going to talk about those first, of course, <clears throat> are those people that have rejected God. People that have rejected God are not going to have a good day on Judgment Day. They just aren't. And who are those people? Those are the people that you and I have met, and we all know a flock of them. We know a bunch of them. They might be related to us, uh, friends of ours, whatever it might be, that have, that have turned their back on God's gift to mankind. And that gift, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. If they've not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ very clearly, Scripture reads for us, and we'll get to some of those verses in a few moments, very clearly speaks in terms of rejection of my son is a very, very, very big no-no, saith the Lord. How's that for a paraphrase? Not too bad, right? Let's look at a couple. Let's look at a couple. In Matthew Chapter 10, it says, Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also by my Father, but which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. In my Bible, that's red letter stuff. That's Jesus speaking. So the I there is Jesus. Reject me and you really blew it big time. Now, of course, wonderful good news for us and the good news that's there is that we have that opportunity of turning to him 
throughout our lifetime, right up until we take our very last breath. Jesus, God, is always there waiting for you to turn your eyes upon him. Always. He's always there. Think about your own personal walk. There was a day you didn't write a letter and make an appointment and say, I need to talk to you, oh, let's say about 1145 on the 19th of, this is the 19th, on the 19th of January, I have an important thing to talk to you about, God, and that's my eternal salvation or lack of it. No, 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 that I, that didn't happen for me, and I don't think it happened for you. There comes a time when we come face to face with the fact that we do need that, and guess who's there just waiting for you to open your mouth? God himself. God is there. God is there. Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven, saith the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, which is in heaven. If someone from a physical standpoint and in any time you use a physical example for something it breaks down so just go with it as far as it'll go when we have interpersonal relationships one with another is i want to be your friend well there's something about you i don't like and so i don't want to be your friend comes the remark okay well what can we do you know what can i change you know should I, I can get rid of the mustache? Would that make it better? You know, what, what is it you want me to do? Because I really, truly want to be your friend. No, 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 no. Forget it. You're just, you're too far gone. You're just not my cup of tea. And boom. And we've all had those kinds of things, haven't we? Uh, in one way or another. <clears throat> and that's what's happened here. God has gone to the length that he has gone to to reach out to you and you have said, nah, I'm not even quite sure if you really exist. You might just be a figment of my imagination. The imagination of all of the people that compiled this book of careful lies. God so loved the world that he gave his son. That's the import of what we see in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 talks about that very thing. And uh, let me read something else to you too. Revelation chapter 20. And actually I think I've already printed it out. So I'll read it from there. (coughs) Or not. I knew there was a verse I didn't read out. Revelation chapter 20. and, And verse 11. Here we go. And I saw a great white throne. And him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And we're reading Revelation. We're talking about last days. We're talking about judgment time, aren't we? That's what's happening. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. And of course, Revelation, that means this is John the Apostle. And all and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead 
which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Period. That's judgment. That's final judgment. That's that's the one that we probably know the most about. The difference between I've accepted God's gift for me or I've rejected God's gift for me. Now the gift really does, it comes with a string. Because in order for you to truly accept me as friend or accept me in the way I have come, saith the Lord, is you need to start following me. You need to start uh, being the kind of person that I have. I want you to become. And I will help you every step of the way. Now let me just give you the military example. Uh, <clears throat> when the young man or woman uh, goes to recruit training in whatever service it is, so I'm not going to say... Marine Corps too many times. There you go, Jim. But I did say it once already, didn't I? Uh, but I went as a raw recruit, and my drill instructor, in not the kindest, friendliest terms ever, said, you are never going to be a United States Marine. You are, and there's some expletives that can be put in there, uh, you are the scum of the earth. You aren't worth anything. I don't know why the government let you sign the paper. I don't know why we're paying you the $70 a month, which is about what I was making in boot camp when I was a recruit. <clears throat> but they've assigned me to train you, so I guess I will have to, even though you're never going to make it. This fellow wasn't a mimic of the Lord Jesus Christ, was he? In his attitude towards changing me into his way of thinking. But, and I'm being a little light on this, but the, the point being is I went through recruit training and learned the things that the drill instructors had me to learn and performed at a level that showed the drill instructors that yes, when I graduated from recruit training, and the very first time in my entire life that I was ever called a United States Marine was that day. It was in October of, I won't give you the year. Uh, it was in October, not in July when I started. But see, God doesn't even do it that way because there's where the physical breaks down to the spiritual. Because God says, I love you so much. As soon as you say yes to me, then here, here we are, and we are going to have a relationship. The Holy Spirit actually comes into your life the very moment that you bow the knee, either physically or metaphorically, and accept Him as the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept Him as God. Accept Him as, as Master, if we can put it that way, and should. And therefore, think in terms of the rejection the price of rejection is eternal separation from God. And isn't that exactly what happens if we get back to the physical and say, well, I don't want to be your friend? Well, there's going to be 
physical separation. So we're not going to see each other. If I see you on the street, I'll look the other way and all of that kind of business. <clears throat> and uh, there can be no good news concerning the judgment for those that are seeking to obtain righteousness that is acceptable to God through their own efforts. Now, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and, that, and this verse gets quoted all the time, and I'm going to quote it or read it again, because it, very clearly Paul tells us, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Actually, I don't think you need anything more than verse 8. But then, just to make sure you understand, pay attention, because there's a verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And let's even go on further, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are, uh, what's the word, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, unto good works. The good works start when we've coupled ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when the good works start. The fact that you might have been benevolent to someone before you knew the Lord Jesus Christ, there were other reasons for that. When you are able to reach out and touch someone in love just because God would have you to do that, not because anything that's going to happen for me, not because... I'm going to receive any kind of benefit from it at all, but I, and I said this in Bible study this morning, I really wonder if I could, if I could reach out in love to Snoop Dogg. And if you were here last week, we talked about Snoop Dogg. Uh, I really wonder if I could. I'll tell you what, the only way in which I could reach out to Snoop Dogg and say, God loves you, Snoop Dogg, and has a wonderful plan for your life, which is the introduction to the first spiritual law that I learned in Campus Crusade, is because the Lord Jesus Christ has motivated me to do it. Because in... Anyway, he's a disgusting human being, as far as I'm concerned. You know, There's Martin Hubbler's judgment. You know, there we are. And he doesn't... He doesn't deserve to go to heaven. So therefore, I will keep heaven away from him. And he'll probably be happier for it anyway, because he's already rejected. Anyway, I don't want to go any deeper than that. But that's the idea we're talking about. I, if I, if I, in God's love, can be motivated to reach out to someone as disgusting as the person I just mentioned, and I'm not going to say his name again, uh, then and we know the Holy Spirit's working. Because it certainly isn't Martin Hubbler. He is not doing that. Isn't. For God sent his son not into the world to condemn the world. John 3.17. Which is very interesting. That's a passage that everyone should memorize beyond 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever good King James English should not perish but have everlasting life. Four. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. Purpose, purpose. Sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
Now, we've already talked about the condemnation because if you don't accept him, then you're going to be condemned. We already read it. But he didn't come for that purpose. He came, he that believeth on him is not condemned because you believed on him. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Because we're born in original sin. You're right from the maternity ward, you are condemned. There it is. It's That's the harsh physical truth of it. From the maternity ward until the point that you had a face-to-face confrontation with the Lord Jesus Christ, you were condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Condemnation. Judgment day. Now scripture also speaks in terms of rewards. And there are rewards. Well done, my uh, good and faithful servant, saith the Lord. That in itself... And oftentimes, and you've, you've seen, you've experienced this. There's times when we've done something and we have received a thank you, such as the one I just gave that the Lord gives, uh, that means more to us than a, a promotion or an extra dollar on our, in our, uh, paycheck or, you know, whatever, uh, bonus we might receive for having done whatever it is that we've done. But just, just that accolade. Yes, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a worthy United States Marine Corps uh, individual. I said it again. Oh, well. Uh, but you can stick in there if you were one of the other services. There are other services. Uh, but anyway, uh, you can plug that in where you think you need to. Uh, but, but that's what we're talking about. The good news of possible rewards on Judgment Day have to do with our faithfulness to him. Have nothing to do. There's absolutely no way in which we can lose our salvation. Salvation isn't one of the, well, maybe I'll give you the reward and maybe I won't. It's not a maybe. Once you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you're sealed in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit might be working overtime on you because you're resisting him. And there are days when every single one of us resist him. And that resistance only creates heartache, only creates problems uh, for us. I'm looking for the verse and I lost it. Uh Excuse me just a minute while I find it. Scripture says that Jesus, uh, when he descended into hell, and right now I'm sorry I don't have the reference, but I found it while I was studying for this message. Isn't that an interesting thing? But as, as he was, as he descended into hell, what did he do in hell for three days? In hell for three days, all of those people that that died previous to the Lord Jesus Christ dying received the word directly from the mouth of God about choosing or not choosing Jesus Christ. 
So there was mass mass revival in the Netherlands. So you're great, 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 all the way back to before Jesus was born. Anybody that died before Jesus was born. So let's talk about Abraham and and David and and all of the people that we have names for back there. Uh, All of them had opportunity to accept or reject the Lord Jesus Christ as you do. And they made that decision. Now, what did they do with the decision? They received exactly what they were going to receive. There were those that were walking in light of God, so there might have been reward involved there, and there's no scripture that really talks about rewards for Abraham in this particular light, except for the fact that he accepted God. But we have the opportunity once we, well, I accepted Lord Jesus Christ, so that's it. And now I'll go about my life and I'll live the way I've always lived. And, you know, hope nobody sees me do some of these things. But there it is. And everything will be fine. Well, there's a couple of things wrong with that. Uh, one of them is the Holy Spirit is going to be there uh, convicting you of the sin. He's going to be reminding you that, hey, this isn't the way uh, you want to live. This isn't the way God would have you to live. Let's go back to the Ten Commandments. Boom, you know, name you know, name the biggies. All the the six. We won't talk about the first four. The first four, how do you love me? Uh, saith the Lord. But the last six are how you're going to interact with one another. Love your father and your mother. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't kill. Murder. Actually, the. The word is murder, not kill, uh, and so on. Don't covet. Don't even think. I, I really wish I no. Never mind. Don't do those things because you want to show love one for another. You want to. You want to be in love. You want to be in love with who? Be in love with God, and that love that you that God has. Uh, laid upon you, you have the opportunity of actually laying upon the world. That's kind of what I think motivated Bill Bright when he wrote the introduction to the four spiritual laws. God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Isn't that a wonderful introduction? God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And isn't that a wonderful way in which you could reach out to, I'll say his name again, Snoop Dogg. He's my big nemesis in my mind today. So you find one that meets the criteria. God loves you so much that he was willing to send his son for you. God also loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's what the good news is. And that's what judgment is about. That's what judgment is all about. And judgment <clears throat> comes actually in, in two phases. Because the, the real judgment, the first judgment, is the judgment of where you're going to put God in your life. Are you going to accept God? Are you going to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you going to admit the fact that, ooh, man, oh, man. Or somebody that actually 
a Bible study that knew me before I became a Christian that pointed across his ugly finger at me and said, I now understand what whosoever means. Because if he could be saved, oh, I got to be careful. If he can be saved, I don't want to point at any one of you, then, hey, it's an open door. Anybody can be saved. And I was thinking to myself, I don't think that I was that wicked a person. And yet, that's what he saw in me. He saw me as a very wicked person. There's somebody that will never become a Christian. He shouldn't have said that because then God worked overtime and here I am. But that's the idea. And every one of us, when we sit down and we think about, well, you know, I'm not worth this and this and this and this and and so on, and God couldn't possibly use me to do this because I've done that. And did it. for God to love the world, all your sins are forgiven. Do you understand what all means? Do you know what all means? Think about it. Not just the all that we talk about. Well, all except. You know, isn't that what we have? We have all except. I cleaned the house. All except. I never did get to that one closet. Don't go in there. It's terrible in there. All except. All, there's no except. God so loved the world that he gave his son that all who believe receive eternal life. All who receive receive eternal life. John 3, 17 and 18. I read that to you already. <coughs> is is a good illustration of that. God didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn it. He came <coughs> that through him we might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. But he that uh, believeth not is condemned already. Already. You, you know, you're dead meat. Ooh, that doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? But there you go. That's the. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Where am I? I got off my notes. Shame on me. Forfeiting of life. Before we stand, we need to have no fear of being rejected. You can't be rejected if you've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. You're sealed. You're sealed in the Spirit. You might have difficulty here. You might do some bumps and grinds and have to pay for some of your sins in a physical way. You go to jail for, you know, stealing, killing, and and all of those wonderful things. Uh, And you pay those prices. But you're never separated from God. That's what the scripture tells us. That's what we have. And so judgment day, judgment day for you and I is is really somewhat of a formality. Why is it a formality? Because we were judged at the cross. Because we accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. I have been washed of all my sins. Now, do I commit sins afterwards? Well, of course I have. And I confess them and, and God chastises me and guides me and leads me and teaches me. And, and, and I have guilty days and I even go back to before I was a Christian and and lament over some of the things I did way back then, and which is a waste of time. Lamenting over what you did yesterday is a waste of time once you've confessed it. 
once you've confessed it, once you've come before God and confessed it, that's what morning prayers really should be about. Hey, yesterday was a mess. What a terrible day. I did this and, and there's the things that I did, I know, and I don't even want to think about them. And so God, you might have to bring them back to my memory so I can forget those too. And et cetera. You ever have a day like that? I have. I've had a bunch of them. For God so loved the world, he gave his son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16, everybody's memory verse. You've done that. You should memorize 17, 18, and 19 too. But um, getting um, now I'm meddling, right? You shouldn't meddle. That's not a good thing to do. Judgment Day. Judgment Day came for me the day I confessed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Judgment Day came for you that day. And today might be that day for you. I think I know almost all of you in the room. And so you've had that judgment day. No more judgment. Now it's all guiding. It's all counseling. It's all teaching. Praise him from whom all blessings flow. And sometimes the blessing might even be a ruler across the knuckles. You know what that means? That's my little metaphor there. God loves you so much that he sent his son for you. And if you can say amen to that, you're in the right house. Let's pray. Gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you this day and every day. Guide and lead us. Help us to be the persons you would have us to be. Help us to reach out and to touch others with that very special love that never ends to a world that needs you so desperately. And for this, we do give thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And when we do that, we become part of the family of God. Let's stand, and we're going to sing this through twice. And it is on page uh, 386.